0: how do you know this? Like, obviously you must have access to my location to know in proximity. And then the AI lied. And it was like, (laughs) welcome back to the digital dive, a conversation about tech. My name is Jacqueline and I'm one of your hosts. And
1: my name is Darsh, I am your other host. This week we're talking about the state of AI in 2023, but with a little bit of a twist. This week we went to AI, and to truly test how far it's come in 2023, we had ChatGPT 4 rewrite our entire introduction, as well as structure the entire episode for us. So the episode that you're going to hear right now has the introduction written by GPT-4, as well as the structuring done as well by GPT-4. With that being said, let's roll the intro. Welcome to the Digital Dive Podcast, where we explore the latest trends, innovations, and news in the world of technology. I'm Darsh Kathani, and joining me is my co-host, Jacqueline Dallas.
0: In this week's episode, we'll be diving deep into the state of AI in 2023. Artificial intelligence has been a buzzword for years, but what advancements have we seen in the last year, and what does the future hold? From chatbots to autonomous vehicles, AI is changing the way we live and work, and we're really, and we're excited to explore the latest developments.
1: Whether you're a tech enthusiast or just curious about the impact of AI on our daily lives, you won't want to miss this episode. We'll be discussing everything from the ethical considerations of AI to the latest breakthroughs in machine learning. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into the fascinating world of AI. Rebooting system in three, two, one. Welcome back, Jacqueline and Darsh.
0: Ooh, okay, so that was completely written by ChatGPT.
1: So, okay, so for context here, I'm actually just going to pull it up real quick. Exactly what I told ChatGPT to do. So, because that's the thing, guys, when you're doing, when using ChatGPT or any of these chat bots, you are literally giving them a prompt and they have to base everything off of that. So all I said was, write in an introduction for the Digital Dive podcast, Have the two hosts, Darsh Kuthani and Jacqueline Dallas, introduce the podcast and a topic for this week. And then I put in quotations, the state of AI in 2023, ensure to include a hook and a value add. So, Jacqueline, as someone who is well versed in the state of value ads and hooks, what were your thoughts on the ChatGPT hook and value ad?
0: Thank you. I honestly don't think it was that great. Like I don't think this is bad. This is pretty amazing that AI wrote it, but it sounds a little bit obviously like canned, like uh, artificial intelligence has been a buzzword for years, but what advancements have we seen in the last year and what does the future hold is too generic, I think. I think like a better hook would be something like very specific, but it's an attempt. And this is the type of thing where it gives you the framework as a baseline that then you can play with. So we actually had ChatGPT write out the outline for the episode. And for that prompt, because a lot of the, what Darsh is saying, what I agree with is a lot of the value that you get out of AI is knowing how to use the prompts because what you ask it, like it obviously has almost infinite resources and knowledge. So depending on what you ask it, you'll get different things out. So I said, I run a tech podcast aimed at people that are 20, 25 years old, who are interested in consumer electronics and what's going on in the tech space. Can you write me an outline for an episode about AI and its current state? And the outline that it gave us that we're gonna be following for this episode. So let us know how you think ChatGPT did. I actually think it's a pretty good outline. Is an intro to what AI is, the current state of AI, AI in consumer electronics, like how it impacts consumer electronics, the ethics of AI, and then the future of AI. So we're going to start with an introduction. We've honestly made countless episodes already on AI. So if you want to ch- like backtrack and listen to our previous ones, we did one on Google Bard, we did one on ChatGPT when it first came out. I think let's just start there, Darsh, with maybe like just a little like if you miss those, like here's a 20 second summary of how AI and ChatGPT works, and then we'll h- hop into the more interesting stuff.
1: Okay, but like for I guess comedic or entertainment purposes should i try doing this as fast as humanly possible because this is also the first episode that we've had back in i think three weeks like we, we haven't actually done a call and chatted in like three weeks so this would be like the first tragic. one back so i feel like i should add some extra tra- i mean like add like a little like wow like <laughs>
0: it. love it
1: Uh, But okay, so I'll do as fast as I can. Okay, so AI has been around for as long as we can remember. Things like Siri or Google Assistant are considered as AI. It's artificial intelligence because it's a huge buzzword. That's all AI is. It's pretty much using machine learning or things that can analyze patterns to give you a formed result or I guess overall patterned-based results. Okay, I'm running out of time here. Anyway, so one of the things that we started noticing in the past year or so was ChatGPT. ChatGPT came into the public market and became this available resource for people to search up things and have AI pretty much answer questions. Any questions that you really have will be able to answer for you based on a set of resources that it has readily available for you. And so when you ask AI a question, it'll be able to give something back to you. What the interesting part about this all is, is that AI in this specific form through OpenAI well, ChatGPT or even some of the other ones like Dolly, these are all being implemented into different services and programs that you already know and love. Uh, Maybe not love, that's considering like Microsoft Bing and other Microsoft applications. But then Google is also coming into the space because Google has been known for AI. So with that being said, they're coming in with Google Bard, which is a whole mastermind of just a bunch of, I, I don't want to say doo-doo, but doo-doo. And yeah, that's pretty much the state of AI. <laughs> that's Okay, that's so kinda... just to add
0: a little context, the way that AI works, and I'm very impressed, Darsh, is that it basically uses... um the probability of what the previous word was to predict what the next word will be. So it's not that it's necessarily thinking for itself, but it just uses the content online in aggregate to figure out patterns. And what Darch is saying about Google Bard is that Google AI's AI kind of came out and it was a little underwhelming at launch. I actually think it's going to turn out to be great. We will see. But with that said, that's kind of the intro to what AI is. And I kind of want to talk about the current state of AI, which is actually what ChatGPT thinks we should talk about next, because I think we're living in a time right now where people are maybe like over sensationalizing certain parts of AI and then not understanding the impact of other parts. So for example, this week, there was a song that leaked that Drake uses Drake's voice and The Weeknd's voice, but was actually not recorded by either of them. And it sounded incredibly real and it went viral. And a lot of people actually liked it and wanted to listen to it. And that was AI entirely. So that's one example of AI. That's like a narrow example of it being used. Then the general example of it being used is like people using ChatGPT to write an email to a client, using ChatGPT to like draft up a potential contract, and then also like coders and developers are using it to write like baseline framework for code. That's a couple things that come top to mind of how AI is actually being used and practical, but I think a lot of people when they hear the word AI now are instantly turned off because they're like, ugh, like I feel like I'm hearing too much about this. Every content creator is making a video about it, like it's it's too much, but I actually think there are certain areas that aren't getting talked about enough.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I do want to touch on this real quick too. When people think of AI, they think of super AI. Now, artificial super intelligence or ASI is a term that kind of denotes. AI that exceeds human cognition. So kind of referring to things like Terminator or like these like more mass produced Hollywood eyes, I guess, like these, these very dramatized versions of what AI could be. And I guess that's definitely something that we want to get to at some point, not to the point where they're going to kill all of human race, but more along the lines of AI kind of helping us and being as smart as humans or close to it. And I think that's more of what super AI kind of refers to rather than narrow or general. So just for reference here, for anyone who is listening, just as Jacqueline explained, like narrow AI is doing those weak, those simple tasks, like a chess playing algorithm or your smartphone assistant, like Siri. But then general AI is doing those more complicated tasks, like writing baseline code. And then super AI is the ones that are pretty much talking full force and helping you with like, really complex problems.
0: Agreed. And I think the other thing to note is that there are a lot of different ways that AI will impact different industries. Like Colin and Samir just made a video, um, who we've actually had on the podcast, about AI influencing the creator industry. So one of the examples that they showed is this new AI tool that will synthesize your voice. So creators can now use this to do like plug and play voiceovers, for example. In like the medical field, I've seen people using it to kind of like schedule nursing shifts and stuff. So there are a lot of ways where it seems pretty helpful. I think the one that I want to talk about that I think is most relevant maybe to the person listening to this is AI in consumer electronics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. AI in consumer electronics is a very interesting, I guess, topic because it's more of a narrow AI. We see AI in consumer electronics more along the lines of like Siri, at least that's how I see it. Or when you get that notification, like, I don't know, Jacqueline, if this ever happens to you, like, do you ever repeatedly go to a place and then when you leave at a certain time of your, like certain time of the day, your phone gives you a notification, like here's the map to wherever you need, like wherever you go most consistently? Yes, So that's like machine learning that's, that's happening in the background. And like, they kind of, at least with Apple, they kind of lump that into Siri and like one of Siri's abilities or spotlight's abilities. And it's actually, that's just machine learning and narrow AI. It's, picking up patterns and things that you do regularly and trying to provide that to you in a more convenient manner so that you can actually go about living your life in a more convenient way. So I know for me, for example, first thing in the morning, if I'm leaving the house and I like put my phone in my car and I open up maps, the first recommendation is usually to go to the gym. But then after work, it's usually to go over to my girlfriend's house. So it's a very different... Like, they, they'll be able to identify what you do most frequently at different times of day and give you those recommendations as needed. And it's not even just based on like time of day it could be like days of the week as well. If you go to one office on one day and a different office on the other day, then it will be able to give you those recommendations as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great example of like this machine learning, kind of understanding your behaviors. I think that that also I've been seeing on my timeline on Twitter, Snapchat launched AI recently, and supposedly it wasn't supposed to have access to your location. So the people would ask like, hey, like you've access to my location. Snapchat AI would reply back, no, I don't cancel your location. Then they would write, where's the nearest ice cream shop? And then suddenly it was like, oh, there's one 10 minutes away. And it was like, how do you know this? Like, obviously you must have access to my location to know in proximity. And then the AI lied and it was like, no, I don't have access. And so obviously there is this element of like really trusting the companies that are doing the AI to make sure that it's ethical and overusing data, not lying. There, there was like a huge audit of open AI recently to make sure that like the AI is ethical. And I think the biggest way that we're gonna do this is by not launching it too quickly. Because I think that once you open up the door on a technology like this, it really can like open up the rabbit hole immediately. In a good way, and a bad way, we're like, it definitely is impacting industries positively and like saving a lot of people time. Darsh, actually, you were telling me today that you use it a lot at your job, right?
1: Yeah. So if anyone doesn't know this, I'm an account manager at a influencer agency. So I actually facilitate sponsorships from the beginning, from search all the way to like campaign flight and then to like finishing and reporting. So for the most part, I'm going about bring on these individuals, which doesn't take much AI, but then when it comes to the content stage, I find myself using more and more AI tools to go about editing content when needed. So like, for example, one of the clients that I'm working on had a couple of people send over stories, like Instagram stories, and we were proofing them and making sure that they looked okay. But a lot of people, when they do voiceovers, they don't do them very effectively, at least in my opinion, because they go about doing it in a loud room and you can't, you can hear a bunch of like oh, everything that's going on. I had someone literally who sounded like they were in their family room, their kids were watching TV, um, their oh partner gosh. was coming up and ask them questions, all stuff while they're recording. I'm like, you're doing this for a paid ad. I'm sorry. That's crazy. At least have some kind of professional, like professionalism here. With that being said though, there's this thing called Adobe AI Enhance. And I think that Jack and I have talked about this on a previous episode. We actually did have an episode where we compared our podcast microphones to AI, um, like this enhancer. And though they weren't identical, it did do wonders for our voice memos. So like we were using our phone microphones versus our actual podcast microphones. And I think that if you don't have the ear for it, or you aren't listening to an episode where you're comparing them back and forth, it's not that stark. Of a difference. That being said, I was putting a bunch of people's audio, even though it's not for a podcast, I was putting people's audio into this audio enhancer and I was pretty much just like ripping it off of their video, putting in this enhancer, downloading it, and then putting back on the video. And it cleaned up almost everything. Dave and I had to do a little bit of adjustment here and there, especially for someone who has a ton of background noise, but I was still able to get like a very clear audio out of it. And there's just tools like this everywhere. There's a tool I used a couple weeks ago. Go on my Instagram guys, actually go on my Instagram at darshkathani and go look at the last Instagram post that I put up. That first picture is actually using an app called Remini, uh, which is an AI based app that will fill in pixels where pixels are no longer existent. So if you have like a dark picture, like, so this was taken at a concert, this picture was taken at a concert and had really, really bad low light picture quality. And so I put it through this AI image enhancer and it filled in all the pixels where there should have been pixels and it made the image look clearer and more sharp. And then I was able to post that to my Instagram, and it was like perfect. I get everything I needed. So there are a ton of tools like this, and even like captions. I don't know. Jacqueline, you and I have talked about captions. The app
0: totally. Yeah, so I was actually genuinely amazing.
1: It is. And so today I went inside and you could actually, there's a section called scripting and you can tell AI, the AI platform on the app to write out a script for an episode of whatever you're filming or use it to like transcode something in real time from like a different language to English. If you're doing a video on like TikTok, let's say that you're speaking in Spanish, but you want have, you want to have English subtitles. It'll do that for you too. So it's very, it's getting to a point where it's extremely useful, especially for creative work. It's never going to replace the creator. At least I don't think it's there yet, but it's getting very, very good at aiding the creator and the everyday creator that is.
0: Totally agreed. And even the everyday person, like the implementations of AI in just like the camera app, for example, of like bumping up the exposure, getting better dynamic range, things like that are behind the scenes AI that is helping a lot. And so I think that, Honestly, I think we need a part two episode to talk about like the future of AI because I think there are a lot of different directions that it could go. But I think my overall like takeaways right now is like I'm just a relentless optimist in general in life. So I saw Alex Ramosi talking about AI recently and he was like, Alex Ramosi is like this business entrepreneurial guy. He said, I don't think that most things are inherently good or bad. They just are. And then there are good and bad things with them. And I kind of feel like that's where we're at with AI. Like there are some incredible things that's going to save a lot of time. If you use it right, it can supercharge your productivity and your creativity. And I think the downside is like we may lose some industries currently that have jobs, but ideally those will, those people in those industries will be able to find a new type of job that utilizes AI additionally. And I think the other main thing will be like regulating it and the ethics surrounding it, which is, I think is going to be one of the biggest questions and topics of this next decade.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think like AI and its current state is very interesting. The future and all the possibilities that that holds is incredible and it's going to be very exciting to see. But the current state that we're at right now is where AI is very useful to help you with everyday tasks. It's going to help you plan out your schedule. It's going to help you write out maybe a script, but it's also going to be able to help you Like advance your content knowledge, whether that it'll also be able to just help you advance your overall knowledge. AI is very, very interesting. And this app that I just mentioned actually was going to be the first thing on my stuff I like this week for this week. Love it. Remini, if you guys haven't heard of it, it's actually a paid app, but they have a free one week trial. And that's what I used to do with this picture. So if you guys haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. It's called Remini. It's on the app store. It's free for a week. Just take all of your low quality images, throw them in there and see what you can do. There's a ton that you can do with this app.
0: I love that. That is an awesome recommendation. My first rec for this week is a tellers us song called All of the Girls You Loved Before. I've been listening to it a lot on Spotify and I would highly recommend.
1: That's awesome. Actually, fun fact, one of my coworkers, I was telling you today, I met up in person with some of my remote coworkers. One of them is actually going, I think, to Philly Next no. week for the Eros concert. And she was like talking to us about like how she's planning out her outfit and all this stuff. And I was like, like I, I was really just thinking, I was like, I wish Jacqueline was here for this conversation because she would have so that's much so more to cute. contribute than I would. And I think I even mentioned that in a call yesterday too. Like someone was like, oh yeah, like we're like, everyone started talking about Taylor Swift. And I was like, I can't relate, but I hear enough about, about Taylor Swift from my co-host. So I feel like at this point I might be a little versed to speak to
0: it. That's so funny.
1: But maybe that's just me. When it comes to things that are just me, let's talk about one of the other recommendations I had for this week, which is a TV show that I started watching a couple days ago that I I'm absolutely in love with. And if you like Modern Family, you will probably be in love with this too. It's called Blackish. So I just finished watching Modern Family. Like I just finished re binging it. And I was like, I want to start watching a new show that's light and it's like comedic, but it's also kind of relevant. And so I started watching Blackish. I've seen a couple episodes in passing as it's aired on TV. And it's pretty much a show about this, like, this African-American this black family in the U S like in LA, who's like broken all barriers, like living this very lavish lifestyle. And it's this dad who's very, very focused on keeping his kids like within the culture. And so a lot of the conversation topics are about like trying to teach his kids like to not, I guess ostracize themselves from their culture and kind of embrace it and to, and to kind of like, Experience it, but they do it in a very satirical way where it's not super serious and they break the fourth wall quite a bit too. And I, I always find that hilarious. So, if you guys are into that kind of a show, like a modern family esque um, show that talks a little bit more about the other side of things, I think it's very interesting and it's honestly just freaking hilarious. I was watching it before this episode and I was absolutely cackling. It was hilarious. It was, it's so good.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think I've seen like one episode maybe of that, but I, you know, what, I just restarted watching Seinfeld.
1: Really? Yeah, okay. I've never
0: watched it all the way through, but I've heard amazing things.
1: I've never actually seen it, but my roommates used to rave about it. And I would not be surprised if you end up binging this in the next couple of weeks and then call like, come on the podcast and be like, <laughs> I just finished Seinfeld and it was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I would not be surprised either. All righty.
1: With that being said, though, I think I'm done out of my stuff I like this week because I haven't been too on the content. I've been quite busy. Uh, I know Jacqueline has as well.
0: I'll give one last one to round off this episode. Dire of CEO, I've talked about it a lot. This podcast is now blowing up. They are posting like four times a week. They're like what you want to do as a YouTuber, I think, in terms of being consistent and creating like this media company. Super aspirational. I think they're killing it and I would recommend. And with that said, Darsh, we want to hear from you on Twitter at Digital Dive Pod or in like on the Spotify app, you can like write a comment back to the episode, how you think ChatGPT did in terms of the intro and outlining this episode. And we'll be back next week at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern, with another episode.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. Also, want to give a huge shout out, as always, to Adil Constantine for the incredible intro and outro music that you're about to hear. If you like this episode, we'll catch you guys next week at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. Drop a comment if you guys liked the episode or with some feedback, what you guys think about how ChatGPT did, and we'll talk to you guys next Monday. Bye.